I think there's this belief because we've been sold like the love and light version of spirituality, that it's just like the tiny tip of a really big iceberg. Um, I think sometimes we make up a story that the way that we'll know we're doing spirituality right is if everything continues to get better and better and better and better and better and better. Oh yeah, like like it was only good. Right, like yeah. like it's like the stock market. We just want it to be a straight up shot. Right. And if there's a little dip, it's like, oh, what I do? What I do wrong? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing life wrong. And I teach a very different model of living where it's cyclical, where we're gonna have up times and down times. People are fascinating, especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? Today on From the Hip, I'm talking with author, singer, and spiritual coach, Star Shepherd Decker. We get to talking about authenticity and what it really means to live a spirit-led life. Hi. Maybe. Hello. Perhaps. Are you looking at us, <laughs> looking at us? Looking at you, looking at us? I'm trying to look at you, looking at us. Oh, I can see us. Look at me, look at us. Look you at can us. see us? Oh my God. Look at you, looking at us, looking at us. <laughs> okay. That's deep. Is it? It's <laughs> pretty sweet. So we are live on Facebook. We are we. And we'll tell you that in a second. Yeah. I, we're going to share out. Hey. I want to find us so I can share us. Live. Hello, everybody. I'm going to tag you, Star. Oh, tag you, please. Boom. No, oh, there we super are. Tagged. I just tagged you so hard. <laughs> well, I tagged you kind of gently. I have actually. been tagged. Watch us live now from the hip. Cool. It is shared on my page. Hopefully, we'll have some people here in a minute. I put it on a personal page. Ooh. It's my page and it's personal. That's right. All right. So, I think Yay. in this instance, I have to do the thing where we don't just talk. Oh, where you like tell them stuff? Did you hear a gaff in the I distance? I heard a gaff. Are you all right? I see glitches. Which thing got messed up? Okay, perfect. False alarm. <laughs> Are we restarting? We're still there. Oh, we're still there. Okay. Just some sort of amorphous thing. Yes. Well, the matrix up. is is really challenging us today. This is our <laughs> second live feed. This is our first live feed on the Facebooks, so that's exciting. I'm Adrienne Gunn. And I'm getting to geek out and hang out with my friend here. Oh you, oh, you get to say your name. Star with two R's. Star with two R's. Shepard Decker. And you know what I just realized? We no. both have double letters on our first name and our last name. Super that double. Awesome. Double, double. <laughs> That's but, a requirement for me. I love it. I wanted to be Double Barrel Productions forever ago when I had a production company. Uh -huh. But so many people are double barrel lots of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's not what I am. That's, yeah. that's not my thing. You're like, I'm not those people. Nope. Mm -mm. Oh. I feel that. So I invited you here, and I invited you here. Hi. Are, have you, are you here? Have you arrived? <laughs> hey, Laureen. So glad you're watching. Hi. Hey, we have a Laureen. <laughs> so this is our first attempt at doing a conversation. Right. And then also lively having people potentially chat with us. We may check in with what's going on there. We sort of see it. I've got a giant TV, but it's still small type. Small, the font is small. Oh, wait. <laughs> we can fix that. Make it bigger. We don't have to fix it in post. We just fix it the right now. We have a fun friend, CJ, or Charles, in the in the corner. He's hanging out in my bedroom with a fancy couple of computers. And this is so surreal. You're watching us watch somebody resize windows on a computer. I don't know how 
How engaging. So how how engaging or entertaining it is to yeah. have us watch. Have us watch them, watch us, watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. Wait, we did that already. Super meta. <laughs> Super meta. Yeah. Hmm? That's good. That's yeah, great. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, so the last guest I had, we, we were geeking around the whole like challenge of the what are you and how that's mm. kind of a somewhat annoying mm-hmm. thing. I, I'm frustrated by the fact that I have about eight different things that I do for a living even. Right. And it was like, hey, what do you do? Like, ah, what mm-hmm. day of the week is it? Right. Yeah. Right? Same here. Yeah. So I'm curious. I know I know the one of the fun reasons why I thought it'd be great to get to sit with you. I, I have a picture of you as being in a similar place of helping people. And I know some realm of spiritness or coachness. That's How do you thing. tend to answer that question when people are like, hey, who are you? What do you Gosh, do? That's a great question. It depends, uh, like you said, where I am, mm-hmm. both physically, uh, you know, like what group I'm with or who I'm talking to, and also where I am, like, internally. <laughs> you know, that day. <laughs> what day of the week is it? <laughs> Who am I? You know, if it if it's like a businessy event, I will lead more with a, a business like answer. You yeah. know, um, you want to hear my what do you do statement? Ooh, ooh. You ready? You ready? All right. So uh, so when someone's let's role play. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm Adrienne. Oh, hi, Adrienne. Nice to meet you. I'm Star with Two R's. Star with Two R's. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's important. I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> I tell everybody. <laughs> Well, it's just as just as important if like you have a Sarah or do you have an Adrian? Right, H? that's super important. Uh, different Catherines, is it a Y? Is mm-hmm. it a C? Two N's, one N. I mean, these right. are the things we need to know. Gun, two N's. Yes. Right. <laughs> a, it's a pleasure it. to meet you here. Nice to meet you too. Hey, so so what do you do? What oh, I love you that question. So you know, I actually do uh, events for coaches and healers. Oh wow! But in my private practice, I work with coaches and healers who are managing their practice in the midst of personal crisis. Oh, so like loss, illness, injury, and I really help them to find sanity and sustainability, all while navigating that in the public eye. Boom! Did you hear that? That was I practiced that before. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that would be my answer at like a businessy event. Mm-hmm. But if I was just like meeting somebody, you know, I tend to start with I homeschool my 14 year old who's never been to public school. I'm a professional vocalist and I do events for coaches and healers and I'm a coach. Yeah. And I just kind of like keep it simple. Totally. Like I'm all these things. I think I think we've. I think we were in circles together and had many, many conversations. Many. I think I even had an entire coffee with you. Yes. And it had been like three years of knowing you, as anyone does. Yeah. I had no idea you were a mom. Well, isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. I sort I think I think I have a prejudice against children. I mean, I'm, I'm fully aware because I understand now how prejudice works. I'm laughing, works. but actually, I think the majority of society does. So be- yeah. the way that prejudice and bias works is that you just literally don't see or like it doesn't enter your world. Right. I, I was literally in a Red Robin once and I'd been sitting there for 45 minutes and I had no idea there were ch- children. Like I was signing the check and I looked up and suddenly I could hear tons of, there were children at every single table <laughs> right. surrounding the table I was at, but I had no idea where they were there. Uh, so, just like, yeah, so my filter mm-hmm. just apparently filtered out the possibility that anybody I was meeting was also a parent Right. of tiny humans so yeah. I, like it's pretty funny i know and i just connected with someone who i've also known for years actually that same night at the event that we went to a couple weeks ago yeah and she too like knew i had a 14 year old but she was all shocked to learn that i also had a 19 and 18 year old she's like i didn't know you had three kids right and you know there's some uh 
some drama and trauma around the first two kids, which is part of why I don't necessarily talk about that all the time. Sure. So, you know, previous marriage, funky stuff. People who get to see me at my events and stuff, I share a little bit more about my personal story about right. that. But yeah, it's just funny um, to people like, I've known you for years and I didn't even know you had three kids. Like, it's a very common thing. I guess because I'm not, uh, I don't perform family. Right. Well, that's kind of a choice. Right. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But I'm just saying that there are, you know, that people are very identified with their whole family and they and they Often. share a lot of pictures and there's yeah. always kids pictures and there's, you know, pictures of their family and their profile. And I love that. That's great. I love being connected with that. My family's not really into being that with me. They're really right. like, no, you be out there. You're connected with thousands of people. Like you go be the front woman. You can right. mention me occasionally, but I don't want to be up there with you. Yeah, and yeah. So I feel like I have to, you know, so I present me a lot and then people make up that it's just me. Well, and it's funny because you can essentially... One of the reasons why I'm doing this project called From the Hip Conversations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the Service of Passion, Purpose, and Play. The, the idea of it came to me three or actually four years ago. Facebook reminded me that Dill Ward and I were sitting literally this day four years ago doing one of our first better camera, happy, fancy, like when I decided, hey, I can be in front of a camera and do this thing. Right. That was four years ago when I started percolating on this idea of of taking some of the amazing conversations that I've had in life that were life saving, saving, life changing, life rearranging. Like I, I get paid to have great conversations with people and getting to know somebody in more depth is just some of the best things that can happen in the world. Oh, and we yeah. need more of that. Yeah, I agree. So I was thinking about how until you really start talking to someone and, and getting to know them more deeply, we like know we 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 like think two or three things about a person and that's yeah. sufficient yeah. and that's so sad. Yeah, that's so funny. We're talking about this because that's kind of the motivation behind my event, the Portland Lunch Meetup yeah. that I started two years ago. Right. Um, was really like, you know, so I have this event once a month where I speak a little. I have a guest speaker and I do some group coaching. Sure. And my motivation was so I meet all these amazing people at all these networking events. And I don't actually know that much about them. And yeah. I haven't got to see them in their zone. Like, I don't really know what they're capable of. Fair, yeah. Because yeah. we're all just chatting and, you know, and then we're all in the room kind of as learners rather sure. than leaders. Right. And so I was like, I want to really create, like, an opportunity to showcase all this awesome talent that we have right here in Portland mm -hmm. that people don't even get an opportunity to know the depth of what we have to offer because we're just not going there. We're just chatting, and which is understandable. We're at a networking event. Totally. We're not going to be like, so let me show you what I have to offer, you know? <laughs> well, right, the other thing, we have fun new Melissa, Melissa Matterns checking in. Lexi, hey, Hi, Lexi. Melissa. Long time no see. Hey, Lexi. What is interesting is you can be in a space... Presenting, you were saying performing. I don't uh -huh. perform the mother thing. Uh -huh. We can be in a space where even you walk into a networking event ready to fully connect with people and you you still sort of have to pick the three parts of you that, you know, and, and still try to be authentic and drop in. Mm -hmm. I, one of the reasons why I asked you specifically to hang out with me was I wanted to talk about this positioning of, you know, we're, we're multiple people at once, even in any particular moment. I remember going to networking events, and that's where we've bumped into each other, mm -hmm. each other a lot, where I go in and out of how authentic I want to be and how much I want to show up and yeah. how much permission I give myself and how, how do I model that I am a rapid breakthrough specialist. I can help people shift out of a lot of patterns that people thought were permanent and stuck and forever mm -hmm. that help them shine and connect and do the work that they do in the world, right? I have these fun tools that help people do that. So I can walk in the room and I, I'm equal parts that. 
I love, uh, Lexi, that you're here reminding me that part of my path in the last many years of being an entrepreneur has been whether I have some sort of dizziness condition or some sort of illness that I'm dealing with. I'm also a person that has my own shit I'm going through. Right. And that's authentic and has value. Uh, whatever level of energy or health that I have access to at the moment, that that's part of how I can connect with people. And that's just as valuable some days, some moments, some interactions yeah. as how ninja badass I can be right. with my skills. I'm also a former athlete. I'm also a, a vocalist and musician and yeah. performer and entertainer. Mm -hmm. Like, who do I... All of those things inform who I am. Right. And, how, like, being able to read in the moment which version of that to be with anyone and whether I'm allowed to be all of those. Absolutely. In any particular moment. Absolutely. And in any particular group. Because you can kind of get a vibe. Like, you walk into a room and you can kind of feel out, like, what part of me is allowed to show up in this room? Yeah. Is allowed to show up in this space? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, most of us are very intuitive. A lot of us consider ourselves empathic. Right. You know, I know I do. And it's like I walk into a room and it's like, okay, check in. What, you know, like you're saying, who am I allowed to be here? How much of me can I bring? Right. You know, I know that over the years that has been like, I test the room, you know, and, and even in this community that I connected with this amazing community called Thrive Academy that I signed up for at the beginning of 2016 and mm -hmm. went through all their programs all year long. It was like, I, I was still like testing the waters. Okay. I brought this much of me. Can I bring more? Right. Like I brought this much of me. Can I bring more? So at the talent show, like I, and I still kept being received and loved, but right. there was like, Right, but what if I fuck up? Or, oh, I'm sorry, can we curse on this? Oh, fuck, yes, okay, please sweet. do. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah. oh shit, I cursed. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be able to fucking boost it if we type fuck, but we'd say fuck in the middle. Okay, good. Pretty sure. But there was this, like, um, desire to bring the rougher edges and still test the water and be like, yeah. am I allowed here? So, like, for the talent show, I sang Adam Sandler at a medium pace. Yeah. Which, you know, he's talking about sticking a shampoo bottle up his ass and pushing it in and out at a medium pace. Right. You know, it's a love song. Yeah, it is a and, love song. <laughs> so, but I really like, I needed to see, like, can you accept this part of me? Oh, Can you yeah. accept this part of me? What about this part? Like, am I all right now? You still think I'm cool now? You know, that I'm talking sure. about shampoo bottles and stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I found that like my whole life, I tend to kind of test the waters like because I'm, I'm a big energy I think that you can relate to that not only is it I can do lots of things I am lots of things like I yeah. just we can like take up a lot of space in a room well and that's a big deal <laughs> often it's really challenging those of us who are bigger presence I have a book I've been chewing on that's about those people who are, are bigger louder passionate mm -hmm. people that may have a bigger purpose they need right. that much energy and they need to take that up that much space so they can and, and since they already do they can utilize it like how do we how do we show up big and full in a, in a culture that often asks you to be small? Absolutely. One of the things that I, why I wanted to get you here specifically is I think that you are trained and part of your title as being a, a spiritual coach. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest ways that people can, can squish someone or there's this, this massive way in which we're all striving at some level for a kind of meaning like spirituality in some ways is this like highest uh, aspiration and also potential for wounding in some ways Absolutely. this yeah. idea of like okay fine culturally socially in this room with this person right now how much of me am i allowed to fully be mm -hmm. and if i'm being this version of me 
what about all of that like magic whatever you're like magic do the fairies love me am i treating them well or like am i in with the gurus do i am i ascending can i <laughs> like the sense of like like we're not just trying to connect with a person at a minute like are we connected with the person or are we connected to like however we engage with like spirit or god or purpose right uh, will the aliens that are part of my <laughs> my species of the many lifetimes i've had here are right. they are they still cool with who i'm being right now because yeah. i'm a star child from the planet who knows what like whatever right. your yeah. sense All of stuff is. Yeah. who you are in the moment mm -hmm. i was wanting to talk to you about that balancing act because i think even you're like specifically trained yeah as a spirit coach yeah i um i went through the centers for spiritual living um, as and became a licensed spiritual practitioner. So you even had guidance. Yeah, I went through multiple, like many years of training. So I had to have like five of these um, four week classes already complete in order to qualify for the two year training. Yeah. And then it's two years of 30 weeks straight each year, three tests every 10 weeks. And then there's a written test and then um, a panel in front of other ministers and practitioners right. where you're answering questions. And then you have to relicense every two years with certain educational credits um, and certain volunteer credits. And so I was a licensed, um, basically, in the, in the community that I was in, I was a part of the ecclesiastical arm of the center, right. which is basically the practitioners are right under the minister. Right. You know, so we're like on on stage on Sunday doing affirmative prayer. And that's where I started seeing clients was through was through the spiritual community. Yeah. And I want to bring that up and yeah. give you the opportunity to like say that because there are people and certainly if you're getting results with people, there are people who are just they're walking down the street one day. They get a tap on their shoulder. and They're like, hey, by the way, you need to be a spiritual coach. And they're like, huh? OK. <laughs> And then they just do. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Certainly you can feel a calling and then follow it however you follow it. Yeah. And oftentimes when I hear somebody say, hey, I'm a spiritual coach, maybe less often in that case than I, I hear somebody say that I'm a shaman or I've, I've mm -hmm. been studying shamanic practices and I go like, mm. but I have a curiosity about yeah. like, how, how do you just, how, how do you decide and, and how is that path? Mm. Yeah. So I getting to know sort of the lineage or the training or credentialing okay. around something that's so central to and cellular yeah to people yeah uh yeah i'd love to talk about that sure sure well and i, I mean mm -hmm. you sort of did mention it but the, mm -hmm. the idea of like so here's this lofty thing you're trained in helping people yeah. access and then you're also able to be singing karaoke about adam sandler in the in the shower with a um, shampoo <laughs> bottle up his ass yep. and i i call that bandwidth <laughs> <laughs> access and and yeah. it's it's important to be able to be able to connect with whoever you need to connect with so that they yeah. can connect to their path yeah and boy i'm glad that you exist in that way thank you and i'm curious like how much permission you give yourself in, in that title to have an actual life yeah thank you for thank you for saying that because um well i just want to touch really quickly on the the call yeah because i i will say i had been seeing a, a spiritual practitioner for years before I got the call to become one, yeah. you know, it's just like what they call it. But, um, and part of it was, it was like, oh my God, this philosophy has helped me so much mm -hmm. that I want to learn how to help other people. And a lot of it was, I was already trying to help other people. Oh yeah. 
but it was mostly just my opinion and me thinking that everyone should live their life the way that I thought they should. Yes. And I was like realizing that maybe wasn't that that was not helpful. That is and a phase. I, that and is I, part of it. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so how can I actually be helpful without it being telling people what to do? Yes. And that's what I really liked about the practitioner path is it's more about holding space, um, teaching spiritual principle, you know, holding non-judgmental space for someone to have a thing going on. Right. Um, and so, and as far as the real life thing, it's funny that you bring that up because I think part of the reason I left the spiritual community that I was part of for 13 years, um, it was also a call. Yeah. It was that like one day I woke up and it was like, we're not we don't need to go here anymore. Like there's something else. Yeah. And it was really hard to follow that call because my loyalty was to this community, you know? Um, but I realized after I left there, I had been participating in so many roles. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at one point like eight different roles. I was like leading the practitioners. I was involved in putting on retreats and classes. And I was there on Sunday, both as a practitioner and as a musician. Yeah. And, you know, so I was like super involved in the community. And so to have this call to leave was really, was really weird. Um, but then I've been realizing over the last few years, which is why my focus is on coaches and healers going through personal crisis, mm -hmm. because I sort of built my practice in the middle of personal crisis. So I've been challenged with chronic illness for over a decade. Right. And talk about needing to have a real life. Like this year has been really challenging because while my business is going better than it's ever been, my events are amazing. I'm booked until next spring as far as speakers go. I continue to get more private clients and right. I'm really loving what I'm helping them with. And physical stuff has been more flared up this year than in years. Yeah. I've been in the ER like six times this year, Fuck just sake. in the past six yeah. months. And it's challenging. And that's actually interesting that that's what I help my clients with because I'm. it's not something that it's like, oh, I figured out how to do that. It's something that I'm continuing to practice. Absolutely. And I will say that this last time I was in the ER, the week afterwards, I both was dealing with some really hard physical challenges that were hard to mentally frame. It's like, how do I hold this in my mind? Right. And then at the same time, I gave like five kick-ass sessions, gave an interview mm -hmm. for, you know, it's just like, and again, a bandwidth, right? It's, totally. It's like, you have to allow for both. I think there's this belief because we've been sold like the love and light version of spirituality, that it's just like the tiny tip of a really big iceberg. I think sometimes we make up a story that the way that we'll, we'll know we're doing spirituality right is if everything continues to get better and better and better and better and better and better. Oh yeah, like life is only good. Right, like, yeah. like it's like the stock market, we just want it to be a straight up shot. Right. And if there's a little dip, it's like, oh, what I do, what I do wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing life wrong. And I teach a very different model of living where it's cyclical, where we're going to have uptimes and downtimes. Like I was just sharing with you before we started recording, I was going to be at an event yesterday and today. And I, that was not where I was at. Like when I signed up for the event, I was super excited about it. And when I woke up yesterday morning, like my body and my energy was screaming, that's not where you need to be right now. Yeah. And so I had to listen. So I'd say that that's a big part for me is how do you live a real life and also, you know, give. It's really just listening, listening totally. to the parts of me that are coming from love, the parts of me that are coming from a higher place that aren't coming from fear and lack and protection and really letting those lead the way. But it's, a, you know, it's an ongoing challenge to have a, a life and a business. Totally. Well, and even in the sense of spirituality of the, the framing of I'm energy, I'm spirit, I'm also a body. There are different, mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? We're, we have access to more than who we are, whichever yeah. version of, of God you connect to. The idea that you hand things over. Yes. And and so I remember many times over sitting with clients and having my 
<laughs> my morning mantra sometimes, which is hilarious. It's not really a mantra. It's like, <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And a good thing I don't need to. Right? Because one of the things is, so my, my training as a musician and performer and my training as an athlete in some ways mm -hmm. is this dropping in and recognizing that there's, there's a part of the practice that I've already done. There's the work I do before the game, before the client shows up of installing all of the habits, mm -hmm. all the small habits over time, rehearsing them, getting it in and, and, and getting good with the tools that I have, right? And when I walk out onto a stage or when I would jump out, you know, before the tennis match, there was always this sort of letting go and honoring the stage space that I was in and recognizing that I was going to be jumping in and connected to an energy and a source that wasn't about me. It was going to yes. come through me. Yes. And recognizing that I could be dizzy or ill. I think my very first quit smoking client, I had such level of exhaustion and anemia. I didn't quite know what was going on with me. I didn't have access to energy. In my left eye was twitching oh, constantly. God. And this was week two of that. And I was in to help somebody and they got their results. And I think, I think that, I think there was two clients after that where I had no voice. I barely had a voice and I'm doing hypnosis. <laughs> and I had the idea that my job was to have a beautifully hypnotic voice. Right. Mm. And I was off my game. I was stumbling over words. And the thing is that it was my job to hold the space in the container yeah. for something magical to happen. Yep. And that there, my idea of what I had to do, that I had to be working, that me doing a job or showing up for somebody looked in my head like a specific thing, yeah. wasn't at all what was happening. So, so in parts, parts of the ways, like running into all of these instances of having illness over and over again, I started having to think of like, how can I, what can I do yeah. that I don't need to be what I thought was like fully in my health? Like certainly I'll be better at it if I have all of my health, but, but what also do I have to offer yeah. that I don't have to be at what I think is a hundred percent. And then also the balance of like, how do I support myself so I can be healthier? What kind of work can I do that has value that that doesn't require me to be healthier. And, and then how can I let go of this bullshit story I have about who I'm supposed to be for this <laughs> to work out? Like right? a weird, like triangulation of yes. those qualities. Like it's huge. If somebody has said yes to this work, mm -hmm. there's a part of it that has nothing to do with either one of you and the work's going to happen. Yeah. It's like recognizing that on one level, everyone has access to their own resources and their changes. So they're the ones doing it anyway. Yep. And then potentially this like ethereal, I don't know what, but when everybody shows up for help or healing, it just happens mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. Right. If there's allowing in the room. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> if there's allowing. Well, and that's sort of part of my process is that dropping into like letting go and a kind of allowing where I'm like, we've both shown up. I'm, I'm going to follow the intuition, but I'm going to be more vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, speaking of allowing, <laughs> I have a roommate that's arrived. So she's going to wander in and out as you want to. Hey, Sarah, yes. you are allowed to wander through the space however you need. <laughs> I don't know. Did we get any questions now that we have a no? I, I don't. I don't see them. But I, I love what you. I love what you just said because it's funny. I. Um, so I start and end all of my sessions, my private coaching sessions with affirmative prayer. Cool. So I've been trained in this specific five-step prayer. Um, that's actually the official title is a spiritual mind treatment. 
because the belief is the only thing that keeps us from you know being a conduit for what we want is that our our mind our mind is in, the, is in the way yeah um so that's the belief behind it is that we're really just realigning our beliefs so that spirit can work through us fair um and so i the very beginning of every session the the focus of my affirmative prayer is um just kind of remembering that the session is bigger than both of us mm -hmm. and just creating an energy of allowing and willingness on both of an availability on both of our parts to just be available for whatever is going to come up Absolutely. trusting that it's time well spent yeah so i love that you said that um, we're being available for this process yeah go ahead <laughs> cross on over yeah oh, oh thank you gail Gail is loving Hello. seeing the both of us oh thanks i love i don't to say that i don't have a, a frame that i start every session with is not necessarily true mm -hmm. i do have a frame of how i get ready for every session mm -hmm. and what that allowing means in my own space and having them arrive at a particular time and how i you know open the space or, or open myself up similar to like a vocal warm-up and mm -hmm. grounding and that sort of thing and, and clearing and often bouncing around i i like to activate my legs oh yeah before i do things uh and i i oftentimes because of whatever the client is working through whatever I know, I sort of will do an opening that's like tailored and customized mm -hmm. to whatever shifts they need. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. That's And that's what my ending prayer is. So the first prayer is just like opening, you know, setting the tone, let's be available and present. And then the ending prayer is always specifically what they need. And so, and what's been really cool is uh, a few months ago, I started doing this with one of my clients and now like half of my clients are into this where I'll actually instead of, so I used to just do the prayer and then say, and so it is and hang up. Uh -huh. And the reason why is because if I do, if I do this, you know, really awesome supportive prayer and they're like in the zone of saying yes to whatever saying yes to, and then we hop into pleasantries. Okay, we'll talk to you. And then we just bounce right back in our head. And right. so, yeah. so I would always like let them know. So I'm going to do this prayer. Like, let, what do you want prayer for? I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to say, and so it is. And I'm going to hang up. And then, gonna, and then just, right. Just yeah. hang out in the energy. Um, but a couple of my clients now, they get a recording. So I will ask them what they want prayer support for. Hang up. And then go to my phone, record it, and then text it to them. Oh, so fun. then, and a couple of them just love being able to listen to those prayers more than once um, because they are specifically, like you're saying, supportive. Whatever came up during that session, um, and it's just really, it's really lovely. And it's funny that we're talking about this. I was just talking with my friend yesterday about an image that my dad taught me like ten years ago because he's also a spiritual practitioner and a musician and performer. Oh wow! Um, he had a band in like 1967 called the Stack. Uh -huh. uh, and like the doors opened for him. What? Uh, so Bam. yeah, he's big. Bill Shepard. Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but one of the things that he gave to me years ago is this statement, and he said, "Be the straw." He said, "A straw doesn't have doesn't exert any effort. Mm -hmm. It just is the container through which the stuff flows through." Sure. And whether I'm on stage singing, whether I'm doing public speaking, whether I'm in a session. Like, that's what I want to embody. It's really what we're talking is like, be the straw. You know, I like to say I'm a large conduit right. for lots of energy to move through me. I'm going to say when I run big events, like I can literally feel like the yep. energy, like moving through me. And that's part of what I'm really good at. It's yeah. just like taking the energy and churning it back out. Like give it and give it right back. Some of us are made for that. Yeah. I don't know if I've publicly shared this story ever, but you just reminded me like one of the fun things about... I imagine we're all made for different, different, different like 
Like you have a toaster, it does its toastery things. Mm -hmm. And you have a blender, it does its blendery things. Mm -hmm. And then there are cars. Like right. different different access to energy and, and transferring Absolutely. it. So I was, I'd say this about eight or nine years ago, I was in a songwriting class. And as our, we did an ending showcase together. And I like wrote this, I finished this song 20 minutes before like getting out. Like mm -hmm. I just finished it. And... It, it was this weird song. Normally songs just come through me in like 40 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's a song. And I crafted it a little later. But this one took weeks. Mm. And it, it was, I'd wanted to have a song that uh, had a, a hook that wasn't the chorus. Mm -hmm. And actually it's the intro song that you didn't hear, but it is the intro song <laughs> of the show from the hip. Oh, fun. So the first time I ever performed that, it's mm -hmm. this, this uh, Alberta Street Pub. I got up on the stage and this was the first time, and I'd been actually, at that time in my life, it was my first experience of having been meditating and focusing on my spiritual practice and focus, focusing on spirituality. It was the clearest my mind had ever been. And I didn't even know, I didn't know, I was terrified of doing meditation because I didn't know that you could have creativity without a constant stream of eight conversations, because <laughs> right. that's what I had had before. Like eight voices at all I'm times. Like if the eight voices shut up, then what will I do? I can't fill, <laughs> I can't fill my walls full of post-it notes of half ideas. Right. So Holy. it was my first experience of writing a song from silence mm. for the first time ever. And I showed up and it was the first time I performed anything that I hadn't ever practiced. <laughs> so I put the 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 lyrics on the floor or like on the monitor and I'm up and I take a deep breath and I get on stage and I think I think we did one song that we knew and then so I did a song that I usually do and then I jump into this new song and I swear to you that I felt as though my body split open mm. and then and then expanded and I could suddenly not only feel and like I could feel myself breathing with the room that was it was one of those bars that was like two sides I could feel everybody in the room and their energy, and I could feel their breathing ebbing and flowing. I could feel all of the people in the bar, like sense the actual number of people, and I could feel the people walking around the building because I was the freaking building yeah. and the air and the energy between us, like flowing and throbbing. It's this beautiful, and also I was singing at the same time and playing yeah. my guitar, one of the hardest guitar parts I'd ever written, shit tons of words. Like my, my MO before was like, I know, I'll have one word and a note and I'll just sing it for a really long time. <laughs> Here's this song was like, da -da 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 -da, like uh -huh. tons of words. Lots going on. But just like I'd always dropped into that kind of energy flow before, but never so mm -hmm. big that I was the dang building and then I was the block. Mm. And I got to tell you, the next day was hard. Because uh, were you smaller? I was just a person. <laughs> Dang it. I was no longer a block <laughs> of Northeast Portland. I was not feeling the energy and like I was not breathing everyone's mm -hmm. breath. It was a very interesting thing to have the experience yeah. of just being this big energetic conduit yeah. in, that, in that massive way, effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And then go to the grocery store the next day. Yeah. It's kind mm. of anticlimactic. It's weird. Yeah. It's challenging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I got really into, and I know part of the path for a lot of us is in, in addition to like, how do we show up authentically? How do we navigate the different sized waves that life has? Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Like, just like, 
the last two days of me not going to this event. Yeah. Like my ego is FOMOing and making up shit and going, why did you pay for this event if you're not going to, you know, my, my ego and personality and brain, my logic has a lot to say about me not going. And yet my energy and my body are just so clear. Yeah. That like that is not where I was supposed to be. And that's okay. So one of the things I was just journaling about, it's like not only knowing that we're cyclical beings, but mm-hmm. actually giving ourselves permission to be cyclical beings in the cycle. Yeah. So it's like the last three days, I literally sat around and read Harry Potter. Like I just sat there on the couch. <laughs> yes. And for anybody who knows me, I have a lot of energy. For me to just sit still for three days is like a big deal. Right. But everything inside of me was screaming, just sit still for a minute. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did because I was starting to get that little sinus tickle and a little back of the throat tickle. And it, that's all it was. Is it, be, it was a tickle. And then it and then now I'm fine. Right. Um, and I know that if I would have pushed through and like, you know, we have to do the thing. Um, I probably not, not only would I not be sitting here with you right now, because right. I'd be at this event, right. but I'd probably feel like shit tomorrow. Totally. And then I wouldn't have myself to give to my clients that I have coming up this week. And you know, yourself, and my family, together. and myself, and and all of those things, and so it's just it. And in my journaling, it's like I have to give myself permission. One of the things you know, I, I that I have been told I'm really good at mm-hmm. in general as a human and in my sessions is meeting people right where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so I was asking myself yesterday, it's like, am I willing to meet me where I'm at? Absolutely. You know, am I willing to be like, okay, so I'm actually not in the mood to sit in a room with a bunch of women and process together today. I really <laughs> just want to sit and read Order of the Phoenix. Like, is that all right? Yeah. And it was. It yeah. was all right. And, and so it, it is an ongoing challenge to, you know, not only listen, but to act on what we hear. Totally. Because in my experience and experience with a lot of the clients who come to me, if we don't act on what we hear, then those voices stop being so loud and stop being so recognizable. True. And And a lot of the work that we do with people is helping them dismantle the stories of who they think they are, who they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to show up. I mean, we started this conversation talking a bit about like, who do you present? Mm -hmm. How how much of you can be in one space? How much can you take up? Mm -hmm. How many versions of you get to be? And even just allowing... Our own selves. I've been, I've been in therapy for about three years, and I, ch- I came up with this joke the other day that I is only funny if you get what therapy is about. <laughs> so it's just it's just not a very it's an amazing joke. <laughs> I wanna I wanna let you know that this joke is awesome, and you're going to love it. But only if you get it. All jokes are only funny if you get it. It's true. So I've been going to therapy for a while now, and I'm starting to think there's absolutely nothing wrong with me right (laughs) (laughs) isn't that great (laughs) and one of the things that like like the whatever the session was before i had that hilarious realization was the the idea that i had i had had an experience of like spending time with some people and not being all that particularly interesting me not feeling like i was like I, I went to New York. I was in New York for uh, four or five days and we went and did a bunch of things. And I don't remember, I didn't get into super deep conversations. I have a story about myself that I just love the deep conversations and that's who I am and that's what I'm for. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't shoot it. I didn't turn anything into some sort of creative project. I just wandered around New York as a person and I was really uncomfortable with that idea. Like people kept asking, what are you going to New York for? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the fuck am I going to New York? Why? What? Because I didn't make something of it. I didn't like 
I didn't perform, I didn't speak. All of my ideas about me traveling were about somebody flying me to something and needing to utilize the, they needed the Adrienne to be in New York. Uh, but mm. I was just, you know, I was just there. Mm. And apparently, there's a version of me, I actually, when I got back, it was about a week later, I was sitting here eating breakfast and it, I was going through a phase of eating the same breakfast, not only every day, but twice a day for a week. I really liked that breakfast. I loved it. <laughs> and I, I had this moment of recognizing, I am supremely boring <laughs> right now. And I love myself mm, so much. That's huge. I'm not entertaining anybody. I haven't yeah. produced anything. I haven't helped anyone. I have eaten broccoli eggs and sausage. There's a little spinach under there, olive uh -huh, oil. Uh -huh. And I've, you know, like watching TV. I've just sort of been here. Yeah. And I was in love with like that being enough, that version yes. of me. It's not all that interesting. But it was all right. Oh, she's she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge, right? Yeah, and I think that it's we miss out on so much of ourselves if we don't have that opportunity to just be with ourselves. Yeah, and have that be okay. I mean, I you know I can relate to the the performing thing. I actually saw um, someone who so there's a book called Undefended Love that's mm. just phenomenal. I highly recommend it. It's a great relationship book. It's you know it talks more about intimacy and spouses, but it, right. I think it can be applied to everything. And there's a lot of the concepts in that book that I sort of use as the core of my of my coaching and teaching. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that's really great about that book, and I lost it. Oh dang, I had something really good to say. Okay. Where was it? Do you remember what it was? Pull back. <laughs> We got some hearts. That was fun. Oh, uh, thanks for the hearts. So this no, book. what was it? We were, I was like, it was right there. I hate it when I lose the thing. It's still where you left it. I know. It's still where I left it. And it's going to be in the last place that you look. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It was really about, um, so I, I saw this practitioner who taught the undefended love model and had actually trained with the authors. Mm -hmm. And he was here in Portland through at the center that I was at. And so I um, took a, a session with him. Whew, that was a really hard session because one of the things that he reflected back to me was that because my mother was a narcissist and I was never allowed to be who I was, mm -hmm. that I was constantly performing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I left there and I was like, I'm disgusting. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. Everything I do is a manipulation. Everything I do is for performance. Sure. It was just like the story about me twisted and became really ugly. Right. And actually for about six months, I couldn't perform. I didn't do the talent show that year at the center that I always was a part of. And I sort of just like went within and was kind of disgusted with myself for a while. It was sure. really, um, I wish that he would have presented it in a little bit of a different way. Like in order like, to survive. Right. Like I just, yeah. as a, as a practitioner looking back on that session, I'm like, mm, like, yes, I got some good stuff out of it and I'm glad for that awareness. Um, but it maybe could have been presented in a little bit of a different way that could have been not so painful and traumatic for me. Absolutely. Um, but what was really great about that was after I went through the, the phase of feeling disgusted with myself as a human being, <laughs> I realized that uh, I wasn't always performing. Right. Um, that there was a difference. And there, there was a there was a performance where I went on stage and went, "I'm great, right?" Mm -hmm. And then there was a performance, like we were talking about earlier, where I am available for whatever to come through me. Yeah, there's a theater that's necessary for a lot of life. Yeah, and that there's a there is a felt difference in me, even if you can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. 
I could tell the difference. And I noticed even like when I sang, if I was singing more from a, I'm going to sound great. Mm -hmm. And less, and then, you know, and then people would give me compliments. I wouldn't be able to receive them. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I've been better. But when I am in like, I'm giving whatever's coming through me and I'm even kind of in awe. Right. Like, whoa, that just came through me. That's pretty cool. You know, like I just get myself chills. Um, and then when people complimented me, I could be like, thank you. Because I wasn't really receiving it about me. Right. Like yeah. I'm, again, we're coming back to the conduit again. Yeah. You know, and how can, how can I be that conduit for what is coming through me? Um, and, and have, a, you know, so I had to shift my relationship with the idea of performing in order for, for me to kind of come full circle and have that have been a really great thing for me. Heck yeah. Um, but, you know, it was challenging for a while when we, when we see our shadow side and we don't have a lot of support to, to go shadow and. Yes. <laughs> you're not well, just your shadow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can go back to straws and stretch this metaphor. So, right? like, so even the sense of, you know, there, the structure, the, of a conduit, there's, there's a structure that's, that's there. Yes. Performance. And I was talking about oftentimes theater is necessary. Like mm-hmm. these ceremonies that we do, these agreements that we make, this, that if you're literally on a stage, it has rules and it has structure there to support mm-hmm. something magical happening mm-hmm. in a particular way. And uh, a lot, it, like the, the idea of people who go into a trance and they're like, oh no, I'm going to look up into my eyebrows and my eyes are going to twitch and then I'm going to do a thing. There are, there are ways to access. And the difference of performance and theater, I think about how sometimes we need to, to perform something in order to create the container for connection, to yeah. create the container for people to ease into the changes that they're making. They talk about like the airport security is mostly just uh, safety theater mm. because no, none of the things that we have to do necessarily make us feel more safe, except that since we've done them, we then feel more safe. Right. Well, we are ritualistic beings. Right. It's just most of our rituals now are around consuming. Right. And buying things. But if we can get into, like you're saying, the like you do that and that and that and that. Always you do that and that and that and that. There's something like our whole physiological nature. It's like we ask, oh, okay, cool. I know what to do. I know what's next. Like, we like that. And it's fun, the difference you shared about what you feel, like your kinesthetic, you're feeling internally about the difference of performance. Mm -hmm. They're both performing, but there's a version that has a different feeling. It's received better. You receive it better. There's probably less tension in your body. Yes. And that sort of thing. We're all essentially performing. I mean, (laughs) and it's, and the the gentleman that I, I was saying earlier that it was a coping strategy. I do have have all sorts of aspects of my personality that I created and installed and modeled from TV shows to survive elementary school, high school, my own family, (laughs) where going in and out of whether I'm like deeply allowing myself to show up or if Mm -hmm. I'm just like gesturing at the selves. (laughs) There's a really sweet, uh, the character that, that I loved in Buffy Mm-hmm. Like identify with a character, and I sort of loved and hated that I identified with this character, uh, Anya, who is the former venge- vengeance demon. Uh huh. If anybody's watched Buffy, there's this amazing shared dream they have in one of the seasons, some ridiculous, you know, dream world that they all of the characters are in, and there's Anya, who's not human, uh, and she's supposed to be driving this ice cream truck, and so she like here's the steering wheel, and she's like gesturing her arms like this. 
like the, the truck is moving and she's uh-huh. like, I am steering the truck. See, this is what Xander does, right? And there's a lot of times that that image comes up at me because mm-hmm. I feel sometimes like I, I'm stretching to Adrienne in some moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm like, I know Adrienne does this and her hair wiggles uh-huh. and it's cute and this is what I am supposed to do. Yeah. And and oftentimes when I'm like thinking, like, what do I want to do with my life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I like I have all the answers to that, and they're almost always the same every time I approach it. But I can't always feel it. Mm-hmm. I don't have. I don't always have. They don't always feel aligned. That, right. That chunk, yeah. That clunk where you're like, yeah. Like I don't <laughs> feel it. I feel like I'm pretending to do my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember that I like all of the things are the same. I still like burgers and steak, and I still like sweet potato fries, and I probably right. should take more walks. And I enjoy. But I'm like not in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny because the last event that we were at the Sovereign Salon that Teresa Pridemore puts on, I was talking about that how I had been doing this morning practice all all year long. Has felt so good. It's the first time in my adult life I've had a morning practice that I've done at, at a, on a regular s- stretch of time and actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I shared in the group, it was like, there was a couple weeks where I was doing the practice to perform to myself that I was doing the practice. Yes. And then, and then all of a sudden it didn't feel good anymore. And then I stopped doing it. And then I didn't do it for like four weeks and that didn't feel good. Cause then my mornings were all weird. Like, what do I do with myself? But it took me to realize that I had been performing to myself to, to make it different, to be like, okay, so I don't want my morning practice to just be so I can tell people I did a fucking morning practice. Yeah. That's not not what it's for. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I I went back to the drawing board last week and I redid it. And now it's really um, about what I'm calling soul time. Mm. Like I, and it says, star, you have to get in soul time. And then it's like, how many minutes of soul time did you get in today? And then I've got some certain activities that feel like soul time to me, but it's like, then you can get to the brain stuff and check off your little list. But I was like jumping too, too much into the ego check mark. I did the thing first. Right, right. Um, but sometimes it's like, we have to get into the funkiness and be like, something's off and then step back and wait a while and then be like, oh, because I wasn't actually there. Yeah. Because I wasn't actually doing it. Totally. You know, I, I thought I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> and and this is funny because I feel like this, you know, all this thread that's weaving through all the things that we're talking about, it's like, okay, so if my story about me says that I'm always like this, how can I give myself permission to be a cyclical being? Right. If my story about me says I love people and I'm always down to meet new people <laughs> and I love being in the room with people, yeah. then how can I give myself permission to not show up to that event yesterday? Because it completely, it's like, that's why my ego was having so much trouble. Right. It's like, but Star loves to show up to events where lots of people are in the room. No. She does, except today she doesn't. And can I be okay with that? Can I allow the different parts of me to show up at different times? And, and can I allow the story about me to be flexible enough to, you know, because I think sometimes it's like, because our society is such a, a one right way society. Right. Yeah, yeah then we we internalize that and we view ourselves as the one right me. Like, if I'm not acting just like this, what did I do wrong? Right. You know, or how do I get me back on track? And so it's I think it's really important to that permission and allowing, you know, what does your winter look like? What does your spring look like? You know, what is, like, we don't have to, I, I tell people that this culture, it's like summer all the time. Yes. It's like yes. we are convinced that we can defy nature and always be growing and never have stillness. 
And that's like just not possible. There are cycles in nature on purpose because there needs to be that oomph of growth mm-hmm. and then the falling down and then the dark and the quiet and that little reopening and looking back out again, like it's all part of the cycle. And if yeah. we're trying to push, push, push for summer all the time, we miss the gifts of the other three seasons. Well, and the other thing is that if you don't allow all of that flexibility, even even in the sense of like emotions, mm-hmm. say, improving that like, if you damp it down any particular emotions, your ability to feel and experience things increases your ability to feel and experience things. Exactly. That is where the science says yes. we're at. Like if you are able to allow yourself your moments of winter, mm-hmm. you will have a more expansive summer. And and you will only have the uh, uh, expansiveness that you allow in any particular direction. Exactly. Yeah, I tell my clients the depth to which you can feel despair is the height to which you can feel joy. Yes. You either feel or you don't. Right. You either are numb or you feel. And you don't get to just, can I just pick the good ones? Right. Like, you don't. And so that's where I come back to bandwidths. It's like that that week where I'm out of the ER, I'm feeling a lot of shame because I didn't get to help my friend with her event because my physical stuff was flared. And I'm doing all these five sessions and impacting all these people's lives in this amazing way, like all in the same week. Some of it all in the same day. Yeah. And, and that's bandwidth. That's life. And so it's really, I think... Sometimes spirituality gets twisted into, you know, if you make the right choices, your life won't ever have bumps. And I just think that's a really, like you were talking about wounding earlier. I think that's where the wounding comes in is it's a really dangerous view to think it's like transacting with the divine. Mm -hmm. And then we're back to Christianity, pleasing a guy in the sky and doing what he said. And if I do it good, then I get good things. And if I do it bad, I get bad things. And I don't, I don't buy into that view of spirituality. I don't think it's that black and white. We're not individualized bubbles of consciousness. Well, we don't just create what we're thinking. Jesus didn't think that either, by the way, sadly. Thank you. Okay. His, his PR team is uh, not aligned with his branding. I would say, I love that. I would say the same goes for anything. Like, you know, I had to step away from the spiritual community. I love the Centers for Spiritual Living. Taught me so much. But it had started to go down that love and light, shame anything that isn't perfect path. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't believe that. And I even just recently, I've been opening up my Science of Mind textbook and being like questioning my own beliefs. Like, do I still believe in this philosophy or have I moved on? But he's not teaching that. Ernest Holmes is like, you never replace human fact with spiritual truth. It just comes alongside. Mm-hmm. And that's the both and. Like you're talking about how to be a human in a human body. It's right. like, you know, it's the both and. I'm a human having a human experience. And I'm also a spiritual being having a spiritual. It's both. It's not either or. And I think sometimes in our desire to just make the the enlightenment mean we only feel the good feelings. Right. Um, you know, we can really damage ourselves and leave out. We try to replace instead of in company, right? You know, we try to take the spiritual truth and replace the human pain. I want to just wipe that human pain away and I'll be spiritually true. And that's not how it works. We're in a human body. We have to have both. We can have the human fact and the spiritual truth and they can hang out right next to each other. They don't have to be in a battle. Absolutely. One of the things I want to talk about is, so we're talking about, as she's talking about you, you, she, (laughs) talking about bandwidth. We are in Facebook Live. That's the theory. We have a lot of bandwidth. I have whole giggity, giggity, (laughs) double ways, both ways, guys. My internet flows both ways. (laughs) We're in a, we're in a space of Facebook Live where oftentimes people will only showcase certain aspects of themselves. So we're talking, we're in the container (laughs) of Facebook world. Yeah. 
with you having a moment and opportunity to connect with each other in, yeah. a, in a way we, we haven't before because we've never had this conversation before. No. You're, you're here with us. Isn't that sweet? So we always have an opportunity so for both and many all, right? So in Facebook world, we have people with many different opinions and conversations and things colliding and we get to choose how we engage with it. We get to choose what we show in the world and there's a lot going on. Oh my God, so much going on. I'm excited that you're here, that those of Thanks you who have joined here. us, that, that we can use something in any particular way we choose. We can show up, we can show as many aspects of ourselves, that we have this opportunity to combine a lot of structured spaces. I was going to say that one of the funniest things about this idea that there's one way to be or one path to follow or one version of yourself to bring. Mm -hmm. Sorry, microphone, I probably touched you. <laughs> uh, that, that one of the ways that you can most... I mean, the only way that you can find out if, if you belong in the world is to be fully and completely who you are. Yeah. It's the only way. You'll never know if people love you for who you are if you're not being yourself completely. And the other thing that's actually fascinating is the more real and authentic you are, the more you showcase all of who you are, the yeah. more people relate yeah. to your story. People think we need to sort of like generalize, but the more specific and more, more you are fully yourself, the, the easier it is for people to see themselves in you. Yeah, I've learned that. It's, I came out of the spiritual community thinking I had to present a very together, perfect version of myself because that was sort of what was taught. And, and I'm learning over the years that it's so much more fun <laughs> to just be myself and it's so much more attractive, yeah. um, you know, both as a person and as a coach um, to have people, you know, share, be like, oh, gosh, I didn't know you went through that. You know, I, I uh, got to publish my story um, for the first time this year in a book. Uh, so I'm a published author oh, yeah. and it's called uh, Warrior Women with Angel Wings Born to Love. And that was a big deal for me to share certain aspects of my story that I just, you know, you don't talk about at networking events and, mm -hmm. and maybe you don't even talk about in your, in your little 10 minute talk because it's hard, heavy stuff. And, you know, and not everyone is willing to hold space for heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, I know that you had a uh, Jen Violi. Uh, oh, a while yeah. back and her and I were recently talking about like the idea of grief mm -hmm. where if you bring up something to someone and and you're in grief how you can literally see them like batted away like a fly oh you're fine you know oh I'm so sorry that's bad like move on the worst, worst yeah. feeling, you're <laughs> right. feeling the worst you've ever and the most horrifying right, right. thing has happened that's yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's oh, contagious. Poo, 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 poo. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't it yeah. crazy? Yeah. But it, and so it's you know it's not always safe to bring up these heavy things because people be like, okay, that's too much. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um. So it was a really big deal to share my story, and I've actually had a few clients who signed up because they read my story, and they're like, Absolutely. okay, I already thought you were the one, and now I read, you know, your chapter, and it's like, oh God, yep, you're the one that needs to help me. Um, and so, you know, and over and over again, I was just at a networking event um, a couple Saturdays ago and shared my story. I got to speak for 10 minutes. And, and again, they're, you know, I asked for feedback because they're like, ask for feedback. It's like, so, you know, marketing language, what do you, what do you hear here that would, you yeah. know, that you'd pull out? And they were all like, story, your story. I was just leaning in. I just, your story is amazing. Yeah. Like, okay. And that's I the hear truth. you, universe. That's the truth about you. That's the truth about me. Mm -hmm. That's the truth about you. Yeah. 
truth about story. all of us. Story. Our hey, own Amy. story draws people in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, going back to the performing thing and also how vulnerable are we willing to share it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big deal for me to write that chapter because the first, I had like five or six, you know, go arounds. And the first one that I wrote, it wasn't even my story. It was like all the shitty people in my life got to be in this chapter, yep. but I didn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, who am I writing this for again? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I had to, and then I really struggled with either being the champion who overcame the thing mm-hmm. or the horrible victim that was, you know, put upon by the earth. It's like, I didn't want to be either one of those people. Yeah. Um, and so to really find that authentic voice that, that is vulnerable, but is also not, um, you know, is not like trying to make myself out as some now perfect being because I have gone through whatever. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's a challenge, but I think it's also really important to give ourselves permission to share from the heart and share vulnerably and share things that are maybe scary to share because that's what, that's really juicy. Absolutely. I have uh, potentially, we can check in. Somebody had an aha moment. I want to check in on that Ooh, in a minute. Yeah. I had somebody in an episode that was recorded and I haven't been able to put it out in the world because I think the the video conferencing I was using was broken. But he said, yeah, this quote was like, you know what? Living is about the hardest thing you'll ever do. (laughs) I love it. It's so great. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Someone has a little bit of an aha moment. If you don't show people exactly who you are. Wait. Yes. How can you know if people will like you for who you are? Yes. Oh, well, thank you for loving that one. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. I could probably attempt to pronounce your name. Other people don't. She see goes by screen. Carrie. Carrie. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I thank appreciate you, the assist there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Like, if I, I can't like literally and directly ask you how you would like <laughs> me to proceed to attempt to say your name or not. I'm not sure which thing is more or less impolite. Oh, that's awesome. Hi, Carrie. Well, thanks for the feedback. Those of you who've been here, yeah. I want to be respectful of everyone's time, and just I love, I love that you're here. I love Thank that you, you came and hang out with me. me I love too. That you're Thanks in for inviting my me. My family of businessy people. So fun. Yeah, and I love whatever this is. I guess maybe you'll write me questions, and and we'll we'll both check in and type at you. Yeah, please later. Yeah, I don't we'll know come if back around for a question now. There's a, usually a delay. Mm, a little bit of a delay. Yeah, totally relate. We're yeah. spot on. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Feel free to ask any questions before we wrap up if you have any. Yeah. Well, and we even, you can ask questions after we've wrapped up. That's true. That's true. You just won't get it live on the feed. Yeah. <laughs> Different level of feedback. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to say I appreciate you. And I know that you and I have been, you know, circling around each other for several years. Like you said, the coffee and and different networking events that I saw you speak at and yeah. that we connected with. And, and I love how we have so much in common and so much different. From each other it's really fun yeah that we have you know a, a lot of overlap in our viewpoints and how we how we work with our clients and what we believe you know i know that we spend a lot of time on facebook kind of cheering each other on like yeah oh yeah i agree you know we have a lot of <laughs> viewpoints around uh society and that's mm-hmm. all i'll say about that mm-hmm. um but i just i really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to come here and connect with you yeah. um you know as performers and vocalists and coaches and leaders and just rad people yeah yeah um it's been really it's been really fun hell yeah thanks so, for being here yeah yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to whenever we get together and do a duet. 
right? Yeah. Oh my God. That'd Let's be so that fun. Let's get that on the calendar. I'm down. Now. I'm going to have to remember how to sing and play my guitar though. <laughs> Just details. I, you know, I always have an egg shaker in my purse if you want to practice. Perfect. <laughs> All righty. I think with that moment, we can press whatever buttons we press for the thing of saying thank you for being here. We love you. We'll see you thank next you time. Thank you all. Well, that's how that went. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend, and come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I had.